We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. CHGL Bulls podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and be sure to use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Today is Bulls HQ edition. I am your host, Will Gottlieb. You can find me on Twitter at Will underscore Gottlieb. And of course, I'm joined by my good mate, Mark K at MK Hoops on Twitter. Mark, how are you doing early on Saturday morning, I believe, your time? It is, it is Saturday morning, my time, William. I've just woken up. I uh, had a late night because I've uh, been watching the F1 practices, which I never generally do, but Daniel Ricciardo, Australian hero, is back in F1, so I had to make sure that I stayed up and watched. And guess who else is back, William? Guess who else is back? It is Ayo Simu. So um, I appreciate Ayo and the Bulls reaching this deal now that we've got something to talk about. Very much appreciate that, but um, it is cool that Ayo is back. That's That's nice to see. Yeah, I thought you were going to say that you were up late scrutinizing over the Bulls cap sheet and how much they could afford to give Io and <laughs> who is going to be that third two-way deal. We've also got some news on that front. Um, so yeah, actual news happening here today uh, in late July, which is always good. Um, where should we start? Should we start with Io and just kind of going over the deal um, and then what we think about it and then maybe move on to the Bulls signing Oneralp Bitim? I think is how you pronounce it on a two-way deal, the 24-year-old wing from Turkey uh, mm-hmm. to complete uh, their their three two-way contracts. Um, but let's yep. start with Io here. So uh, early in the afternoon, of course, right as I was done writing an article about what the Bulls were going to do on their cap sheet um, with Io's qualifying offer still being out there. Um, we can get more into that in a second. But as we have up on the screen, thank you, Stephen. Uh, restricted for agent guard. I would assume agrees to a three-year, $21 million deal to stay with the Chicago Bulls. Um, just immediate reaction, Mark. What was your thought when you saw those years and that number? Uh, I was a little surprised, to be honest with you. Not because he doesn't deserve that number or not that he doesn't deserve three years or anything like that. It's just I was surprised because we we're, we're, what, 21 days into free agency at this point. We hadn't really heard much about Io and the Bulls. Um, you know, I always assumed that he would be coming back. Um, the Bulls had always said that they would want to bring him back. Offering him the or putting out the qualifying offer made him a restricted free agent, which made things more difficult for I to go and land a deal elsewhere, as restricted free agency has a tendency to do. So from that instance, I always assumed I would be back. Did I assume he would be back on July 21? That's the part that I reacted to, I guess. I was like, oh, damn, that's happened today sort of thing. So um I'm not surprised that we got here, but I am surprised that it happened today, if that makes sense, because there was just literally no use, no talk about it. And if anything, there was starting to be some um, some speculative thoughts flying out there that maybe Aya was headed elsewhere. Um, but I'm glad this has happened. I, I thought it would have been a mistake for the Bulls to just let Aya walk. Now, obviously, that is contingent on the number that he would have received, but assuming a, an, another team were preparing a deal 
that would have paid IO in the six to seven million dollar range, I wouldn't say, hey, balls, just you know, ignore that, let that go, let IO go because he's not worth six or seven million. I think that is a completely fine and reasonable deal. Probably two or three million more than what I would have expected them to pay just because of tax reasons. But I don't think um, this is a fair or unreasonable deal, to be honest with you. So um, I just think that they shouldn't be in the business at this stage of letting young, decent players go walk and join other teams, particularly for money like this, three years, 20, uh, 21 million, effectively $7 million uh, over the, the life of the, or the average annual value. Like that's a completely fine and reasonable deal. You, you don't let Iowa walk for that. So um, I'm happy to be honest with you. This is a good deal for both parties. Yeah, I was pretty surprised. I think the timing of it, as you mentioned, was just kind of out of nowhere. Obviously, we got the two-way news about two hours before that. Um, so kind of just like a Friday news dump for Bulls news today. Um, I thought that we were at a point, especially with where the Bulls were in terms of their salary cap, that it was going to be very unlikely that Io got anything more than the $5.2 million qualifying offer. And if you'll recall... Mm -hmm. The qualifying offer was, I think, only going to be 1.8 or less than 2 million. But because he reached a cer certain threshold of games played, I think it was 50, that number mm -hmm. went from 1.8 up to 5.2. Yeah. That 5.2 number felt pretty, I wouldn't say too high, but like on the higher side of what I would have expected Io to get paid given the way that he played last year, given the way that uh, the Bulls went with their guards. This, this uh, offseason, bringing in Javon Carter, bringing back Kobe White, it seemed like it was going to be hard to really give Io what, um, that kind of money. And so I thought what was going to happen is one of two things. He would either take the qualifying offer and become, again, a restricted free agent next year. Um, and typically, that's not how it works. Typically, if you take the qual qualifying offer and you play on that, you become an unrestricted free agent. But because Io was a second-round pick, because they did not use any of the uh, any of their exceptions to sign him, they used cap space. That makes him a restricted free agent um, after two years of his rookie deal again, even if he were to take that qualifying offer. So I say that to say the Bulls had a lot of leverage over Io to not have to pay um, more than 5.2. They could have said, Io, go get yourself another deal the way that Lowry Markinen did, and we'll either match it or um, orchestrate a sign and trade. They could have said, uh, we're happy to give you the $5.2 million qualifying offer. That's why we extended it. But we could also work out a deal that's maybe two years and $7 million. So it's a little bit more in total money, uh, a little bit less annually. That gives us some more flexibility. But instead, they gave him more money and more years. And so I was just a bit surprised to see that because it felt like they exceeded what they needed to do, both in terms of years and in dollars. Um, I totally agree with what you said about the value in a vacuum for IO being totally fine, like $7 million a year for a very reliable, like rotation player. No problem with that whatsoever. Um, the, the process behind it in terms of the way that they managed the, what, what we know about the negotiations, right? Like this is not something where we're really privy to what other teams were involved. Was there uh, another team that was, you know, extending, an offer and he kind of brought it back to the bulls before signing it. And maybe that was going to be $10 million a year. And, and he was like, you know, rather sign with you guys, but can you do a little bit better? So mm -hmm. we don't know the details of it and there could yeah. have been extenuating circumstances. Uh, but I do think just from what the public is aware of right now, it seemed like they went a little more in terms of, like I said, dollars and years than they necessarily needed to, but in a vacuum, $7 million for IO, I have no problem with it. Yeah, I guess that's the other surprise, um, and and you sort of alluded to the to it there. But assuming a few things, and one of those things being Kobe White hits his as likely incentives for this season, boosting his contract from about eleven million up to twelve and a half, and depending on what they do with the rest of the bench, whether it's uh, Karlik and a vet min guy, whether it's Karlik Jones and Javon Freeman Liberty, or maybe it's Javon Freeman Liberty and a, and a, just another vet min guy. Depending on what happens, particularly with the Kobe piece, if he hits his incentives, then the Bulls will be over the tax. Now, I'm not going to be celebrating down at, at Grand Park for that because they would literally be like half a million over the tax line. Um, and there's always that ability to get back under the tax line, particularly when you're only like half a million dollars over the tax line. Like that's not a, a big burden. Um, you could, you know, as an example, if things don't go well, you could always trade Alex Caruso, trade him for someone, you know, earning 
eight and a half million dollars on an expiring deal, something like that, and bang, you back under the Drummond tax line. Trade Drummond for a second season. round pick. Trade Dalen yeah. Terry for a couple of seconds. So the 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 scope for them to do so, um, because it's only half a million. That it's not if if that was sort of like five ten million over the tax line, something like that. That's harder to get under, and you probably have to start attaching assets at that point. But in an example when you're only like half a million over the tax line, if should Kobe hit those incentives, then that's still you're still able to get under there, I guess. But because of the Kobe incentives, and and to your point, because IO the number he's going to be playing on next season is greater than the qualifying offer, greater than the than the amount that you and I both maybe expected him to uh, receive this year in our cap sheet projections, those sorts of things. Um, it, it's sort of shaping up into be a scenario where the Bulls, at least at the start of the season, now let's see, let's see if Kobe hits those incentives, let's see what they do with that last, you know, one to two spots that they have open. But there is a possibility here, and this is maybe to your point, the the other surprise element that the Bulls may be a tax team. Yay! <laughs> well, before we get into the tax, or I guess just like a couple of clarifications before we talk about the rest of the cap sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, number one is just doing some math here. The breakdown of IO's contract, um, mm-hmm. where I'm assuming here 8% annual raises, which you're allowed to do with yeah. uh, resigning your own players. He would mm-hmm. start at about $6.4 million in year mm-hmm. one, then move to mm-hmm. 6.97 in year two, and then up to 7.5 in year three. Um, so $6.5 million right now, I think totally fine. Again, just like in terms of a vacuum, I have no problem with that. But I'm seeing a lot of questions about Carla Jones and Javon Freeman Liberty and how the, the back end of the roster plays out. Um, so assuming they keep Carly Jones, and I think you and I are leaning towards that being a reality here. Like he's non-guaranteed until I think January. Um, I just, I, he's been like with the team in summer league, he's been doing all these training and pictures and stuff with the rest of the team. I just feel like he'll be around until another more interesting move is available to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe yeah. that happens now. We'll talk about Christian Wood and Rudy Gay. Um a little bit later in this show, but all that to say, I think Carly Jones will be around and that leaves after IO's new contract, one roster spot remaining with about $485,000 to go before the luxury tax. Um, if they were to waive Carly Jones, it becomes like $2.4 million, which again, doesn't leave you that much flexibility because you still got to sign two guys. Um, so to your point, Mark, it does look like they are headed towards the luxury tax. Now, Maybe they sign Javon Freeman Liberty and that's that contract is like closer to a million bucks because yep. the um, the number for a, a player with zero years of experience is lower than, for example, a contract of a guy who's got 10 years of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a little bit of a crunch in terms of money. Uh, one thing that we said maybe a couple of weeks ago was like, if you're going to go into the tax and you're going to like, if, if that's going to be a thing you do, I don't, I'm not going to celebrate you going in by like $40 and then having the ability yeah. to get back under no, at the trade deadline if things aren't not. going well. Like if you're going to do it, you use the full remaining mid-level exception. You get all the way up to the apron. Um, the, the very most that you're able to do, maybe you use that Lonzo uh, disabled player exception. You've still got the biannual, but like really invest in the roster to the point where you're bringing in good players, adding more depth, um, and so to that end, like, I'm not mad about this IO contract at all. I think they probably spent a little bit more than they needed to. Um, but that's okay. Like, I'm fine with having a guy like IO back on one of these deals. It probably means that they're going to end up in the tax unless another move is made. The other element of this that I think is interesting is this is a really tradable contract. This is a contract that you can aggregate with other salaries to make a move for a bigger salary, which I think, you know, could become a possibility at this point. Um, in the past several years, like the Bulls have had these larger 20, 25, $30 million players. Uh, they've had Patrick Williams at 10 and Caruso at 10, who they were never going to move and a bunch of minimum guys. And so it's really hard to combine those salaries to get um, a bigger, a, big, a bigger salary, larger name player. In So this, I think, helps them be able to do that. We don't know if they'll actually do that. But at the end of the day, I think the idea that the Bulls are in a position where they can let their young talent go for nothing, 
Um, I just, I'm not with that. I think they, they have these older aging core players. They have not done a fantastic job developing their young talent, but I don't think that's an excuse to just get rid of these guys. So I do really think on reasonable contracts, having contributors that they can develop that have been in their program for several years now, I think that's an important thing to hang on to. So um, kind of a ramble there, but I, I think there's a lot that goes into this obviously the cap element um, and maybe we can spend some time talking about where he fits into the rotation. Cause I think that's the yeah. other interesting mm-hmm. piece. Um, mm-hmm. But just in terms of, I own a vacuum, totally fine with it process behind it, maybe a little bit of an overpay, but overall, like you kind of got to keep your guys, right? Well, I mean, that's true to the theme of this off season, really like in, in a, in a, in a vacuum with the Vooch deal, you're like, okay, that, that, that kind of makes sense. The Kobe number as well. Um, yeah. Okay. That makes sense too. <laughs> Io, same thing. Um, and even for like Javon Carter and Tory Craig, completely fine and reasonable signings. But it's when you put it all together and try to understand what we're doing here, uh, where maybe more questions arise. And our guy Gary Ross uh, in the comments here already sort of alluding to the roster stuff or the rotation stuff, I should say, which we'll talk about a little bit more later on. But there is an abundance of guards here at this stage, particularly if. You know, we're projecting ahead then assuming Carly Jones stays and I believe he's, uh, I think you said he's, he's uh, guaranteed days January. I believe it's October just before opening night, if I'm not mistaken. So one of us is wrong. Probably me. I'll assume you're right. But let's, let's I'll assume- I'll look it up while we're talking. Let, let, let's assume I'm wrong or right. One of the two. <laughs> but nonetheless, let's assume Carly's back and you use that last roster spot to, to sign Javon Freeman. January Liberty. 10th, 2024. Okay, there you go. I'm wrong. There you go. 250,000 of it are guaranteed on opening night. So we're both right. Okay, cool. Um, the point is that that's a lot of guards and it's a lot of young, inexperienced guys. You've got like five five guys on the bench when you include Dalen, Io, Julian Phillips, Karlik, and Javon Freeman Liberty. Obviously, we're making some assumptions here because some of these guys may or may not be here. But assuming that is the case, that's a lot of guard slash wings that's a lot of guys that don't have a lot of nba experience filling out a third of your 15 man roster it's i don't know to your point that's when you start questioning things now in isolation as you noted and as i noted i'm completely fine with this but yeah more holistically it doesn't make a ton of sense if they do bring back Carlic, if they do sign jfl and what this does mean, or at least what I hope it means, and what you sort of alluded to before, was maybe this is signaling a trade later on down the line, maybe when you can sort of pair an IO, or maybe it's not IO, maybe it's Dale and Terry and someone else, um, and you go and you know trade for another big, if that's possible. Because to be fair, whilst I've wanted the Bulls to you know use their last available free agency spot on a big, the list of bigs available is pretty bad so like am i going to be prioritizing a big just to say i have a big at the end of free agency versus signing someone like Carlic jones or javon freeman liberty or an io or do you just bring back your guys now bring back the guys you're comfortable with and then try to pivot during the season and find that big that big man helps to sort of help you through the season via trade so what's done now both in terms of the tax both in terms of the roster we shouldn't necessarily think it's set or at least i hope it's not set maybe with ak it will be set because we've only seen him do you know in-season trades once or twice at this point but just even once i think so yeah we are guard heavy assuming our projections hold and maybe we're wrong maybe we'll be wrong but um, i'm tipping that uh javon freeman liberty will be announced soon and i'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure carly will be hanging around for a little bit he had a uh javon freeman liberty had like a sort of cryptic celebratory tweet the other Mm -hmm. day, which I thought was funny. Um, But you're right in terms of where the rotation lies. So um, I wrote something, uh, actually wrote two things today, but the first one became sort of obsolete very quickly as the IO news came out. Um, But just looking at the depth chart here, we got Javon Carter, who I still think is the likely starter, even though he's now the lowest paid guard of the group that I'm about to name. So you've got Javon Carter, Alex Caruso, Ayodesimu as like the third point guard, I would say. You've got Zach and Kobe as the backup, or uh, Zach is obviously the starter and Kobe is the backup too. So that's a, a group of five guards. And mm-hmm. Io's pretty, I would say, locked in as the fifth player in that group, right? Um, mm-hmm. I know he's paid more than Javon Carter, obviously paid less than Kobe Caruso and Zach. But um, yeah, I would just be surprised if he wins out that spot because I, it kind of feels like they brought Javon Carter in to replace 
Io in a lot of ways. Like they brought him in to be the starting point guard until Lonzo's back. They kind of brought him in to be the Patrick Beverly. Um, and that pushed Io's minutes down from 28 minutes per game before the all-star break last year, where he was the primary starter down to 20 a night afterwards where he was coming off the bench. Um, so I don't think that really necessarily changes where he is in the depth chart. I think it's going to look pretty similar to the way that it did last year. Um, of course, you've got the ability for Alex Crusoe to shift up a position and maybe that frees up some more minutes, but you've also got Tory Craig now who's going to be splitting time at the three and four and maybe a little bit of five. Uh, you've got Patrick Williams who you hope is going to be able to take on even more of a role this year. Um, but even he moved into a bench, a smaller bench role after the break last year. So all this to say, it's a little crowded back there in, in the backcourt, especially, but just in the second unit as a whole, you've got guys like Caruso, Craig, Kobe White, who all need, um, and I, who I think are going to get big minutes. And you've got Drummond, who's kind of that ninth guy, the backup center. And then Desumu's the 10th guy. I mean, I don't know if Dalen Terry or Julian Phillips are really going to be in the rotation. Um, I think it's a good problem to have, like a lot of good players up and down the roster. But if you're talking about paying a guy a lot of money, $7 million a year, I mean, it's not a lot of money, but it's not nothing uh, to be your fifth best guard on a team that is kind of known to not really have good guard depth. I don't know. I mean, I think that's that's one way to, to process this information. Yeah, and look, the... This is, this is a good thing, I suppose. Like you do now have a legit ten man rotation, so I will be bumped down a spot in in, in that rotation. Um, so he will go down to ninth of tenth, depending on what Billy wants to do with backups. So now, whether he's playing Andre Drummond or whether he wants to go small with uh, Patrick Williams and Tory Craig up front, he you know Drummond might be the ninth guy. As to your point, so I think you do have a legit nine to ten man rotation now that the coach can trust. Whereas the back end of last season, it was probably closer to seven. So that is a good thing to have. Now, to your point, to our point, like the, it is guard heavy. But what Io has shown is, is his scalability to guard upper position. He has guarded some bigger wings on occasion. And whilst Javon Carter comes in and maybe takes some of those Io minutes at point guard, Carter is a pretty small dude. So Io gives you that flexibility in the event that you want to guard up a little bit bigger. You want to be bigger on the at guard on the wing, then you can play Io. But also, we know Alex Caruso isn't the you know healthiest of players out there. There's always a risk of him missing time just based on how he plays. So Io, in this instance, would become the Caruso replacement in the event that Caruso is out injured. Now, you obviously can't replace Caruso, like f- from my vantage point at least, maybe beyond De- DeMar DeRozan. He might be the Bulls' most important player on a permanent basis. That's how highly I rate Alex Caruso. But he is... You know, he is at risk from an injury perspective. He played, what, 67 games last season. Am I expecting him to replicate that some next season? Um, maybe not. But uh, given having said that, now that you have this depth, you have someone like Io who can maybe spell Caruso some minutes or spell Caruso some games and you can be more active in managing his minutes, then maybe you can keep Caruso healthy by having Io around in, from that um, standpoint as well. So I guess the point is that, that, though, that there is you know, five, six guards, whatever it may be, a lot of these guys can play multiple positions. So that that is the upside. Now, most of those positions being heavily on the, you know, the one, two, and maybe three, less so, you know, two, three, four. So that is not ideal. There is a lot of crossover, but I guess there still is chances for them to, um, you know, all, sh- all split minutes. So that that's how I'm trying to sell it to myself, I guess. But uh, yeah, I, the, what you noted there in terms of Dalen, Julian Phillips, JFL, like, this just like goes back to a point maybe that we spoke about last week or the week before is like how much does all of this summer stuff summer league stuff really matter? Like we're talking about Dalen Terry's, you know, poor summer league showing, Julian Phillips looking good in certain patches, obviously JFL looking just incredible to the point where he actually may land on an NBA roster. All of that now kind of feels irrelevant because the Bulls do have a pretty solid 10-man rotation here. And if things go well, you know, Phillips, Carlick, Dalen Terry. Uh, even JFL, these guys aren't going to be getting any routine minutes unless there's obviously some injuries or something like that. So it just it puts us it puts things in perspective from a summer league point of view, if nothing else. Yeah, I think the last thing I have on this um, is well, I guess two things. One, to to your point about the injuries, like Caruso played a career high in games. Uh, Patrick Williams 
Vucevic, Zach played 77, which was his most with the Bulls. Uh, DeMar was like the most injured he's been in a while, and he still played 74 games. Um, And I think one of the criticisms that we've had, um, or maybe not criticisms, but just things that we've been weary of about this team for next year is like, what if they're not as healthy? And I think they really did not learn from their lesson two years ago with Lonzo getting hurt of having to build a roster that has like legit depth of guys that can play rotation minutes if somebody goes down so that like the bottom doesn't just completely fall out. I think this move does that. You've got, I mean, five guards. Crusoe can play one through four. Uh, Io, I think, can play, you know, one and two a little bit. Um, Zach can shift up. DeMar can shift up. Torrey Craig can be, you know, a three, four defender. Patrick Williams can be a three, four defender. You do have some versatility um, of ter- in terms of guys that can come in and help out if somebody does go down. Uh, maybe you manage minutes a little bit more judiciously with Caruso, with Zach, with Damar. Um, I think this just puts them in a better position. Like, who cares about necessarily what the rotation on opening night is going to be? An 82-game season is really long, and you have to be prepared to overcome injury. You just do. Like, the Bulls were super lucky last year. It's not going to necessarily be that the, that way moving forward. And so from that perspective, um, to have a, another versatile body in there, I think, is really important. The other piece of this that I think goes the other direction is, you know, what have we what have we really needed from the Bulls over this offseason? It was bigger wings and, and shooting. And I don't think Io really gives you either of those things. Um, I know they addressed the shooting with Torrey Craig and Javon Carter. I know they got some size with Javon Carter. I'm, I'm sorry, with Torrey Craig, Javon Carter's super small. I think they're still missing a power forward. They've got one more roster spot. If they use it on Javon Freeman Liberty, they get more shooting, but they're still pretty small. Um, the balance in terms of scalability and versatility, I think leaves a little bit to be desired. But again, we're talking about like the 12th, 13th, 14th man on the roster. I don't mm-hmm. think it's the end of the world. Maybe Julian Phillips steps into a bigger role. Maybe Dale and Terry figure something out. Um, there is room for that, but I do think that is, if they're you know trying to figure out what to do with that final roster spot, I think size and shooting is still something that they need to address. Um, anything else on IO before we move on to our next segment here and, and take a break for some ads? No, let's let's go on IO and then more so what it means for the for the rest of the roster, which you sort of started hitting on. So let's let's take a break. Let's talk power forward. Let's talk um, bitim. Let's talk a few other things after the break. But let's um let's pay the bills. Let's play some bills. And the first place you can do that is with our friends at Lewis University. Lewis University is for students just like you that are full-time sports fans who have full-time jobs and families to juggle. But if you're interested in going back to earn a respected degree, you can do so at Lewis University. Located just 35 miles south of Chicago in Romeoville and is ranked one of U.S. News and World Report's top-tier colleges. Lewis University partners with numerous employers for tuition discounts and offers evening online and blended formats to help you balance work, family, and education. Faculty bring real-world experience and instruction into the classroom, which can be immediately relevant in your career, and they offer career support and academic resources for adult students. So if you're looking to complete your bachelor's or master's degree or enroll in a professional certificate program, Lewis has the right program for you. They've got criminal justice, public safety. Um, And by the way, first responders receive 20% off tuition discount. So that's huge. They've got data science. They've got computer science with concentrations in software engineering, AI, cybersecurity, digital forensics, cloud computing. And of course, they've got business analytics, finance, MBA, project management, and more. So if you are interested in learning how to discover a degree from Lewis University can help you build a better world. Learn more at lewisu.edu slash you can do this. And whilst our friends at uh, Lewis University will be doing their best to expand everyone's mind, as will our friends at Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary, your home of judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all visitors, no matter who you are, are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products, Williams. So Sunny Sunnyside has literally everything you need to elevate your summer. Another fella who is elevating my summer 
is Io DeSumo, William. He is Chicago's Athlete of the Week for me. The one that made me feel good. The one that is making me feel good today. Uh, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm missing anyone by saying that. But uh, we're, we're, we're uh, representing, we're celebrating the Io DeSumo signing. And uh, what better way to do so than getting down to Sunnyside and just getting your hands on one of their just amazing assortment of brands that they have from a cannabis variety so uh i won't like name them all because it's just simply too much to to uh to name but if irrespective of what you're trying to get your hands on whether it's uh well i won't name them but uh there's a lot of products is the point but through august head to sunnyside.shop and use promo code chgo25 at checkout for 25 percent off your total order that's one use per customer and it's not stackable with other promotions um but the good thing, it's not only for new customers. Anyone can use that code. So if you're a return customer, jump online, use that code, CHGO25, and you can get, get your hands off, uh, get your hands on 25% off, rather, when you go down there and try to ele- elevate your summer with our friends at Sunnyside. Must be 21 ages, 21 plus, or an Illinois med card holder. Mark, are you an Illinois med card holder? Um, no, but I am greater than 21. I am significantly greater than 21, so I should be okay. <laughs> well, you're definitely okay in my book. Um, Thanks, and one Thank thing you. that you said on Twitter that I thought was a okay was that, uh, I can't remember exactly the tweet, so I'm going to paraphrase here, but like, okay. uh, when you watch five minutes of YouTube clips <laughs> of Honorable Bidum and you think you're, uh, an expert in, in the, <clears throat> in that, um, topic i thought that was spot on that was like exactly my first reaction too was like how can you have a strong opinion about this guy if you've never seen him play like the only thing that we know about him are like what his stats were on basketball reference um and i think that's nice i mean he had good numbers and we could talk about that but i just thought it was kind of funny that everybody seems to have like a super strong take about this guy that they probably haven't heard of until there was like that weird cryptic turkish report um there it is thank you steven um so just to give you some, some bio, some background here, Anulat Bidham, 24 years old, 6'6 wing, played the last two seasons with Bursapur in the Turkish Basketball League, uh, two-time slam dunk champion. He was named to second team all Euro Cup this past year. Um, and he put up some numbers, right? Like 18.4 points, almost five rebounds, three and a half assists last year in the BSL regular season while shooting almost 48% from the field. 41% on 6.93, so good volume, um, and a shade below 69% from the line, uh, although he is a 74% career free throw shooter. Um, in the Euro Cup, like I said, he was named second team all Euro Cup, averaging 18 points per game, 3.7 rebounds, 3.4 assists, shooting 43, 32, and 76 shooting splits. Um, the Euro Cup is like a legit competition right like that's a that's a big time league uh to put up those kind of numbers i know that the efficiency dipped down quite a bit um but those are some big numbers he's 24 years old uh he obviously can score he does it off the bounce he can catch and shoot a little bit um i I think it's it's a fine signing i just don't really know if i have much more of a take than like he put up these numbers uh on basketball reference and has a couple of cool highlight dunks that that's just kind of like all I know. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and pretend I know about this guy's game. I'm not gonna lie to to, to our listeners, um, um, as maybe some others will after watching two or three minutes of YouTube film. Um, but yeah, look, I don't I don't know a ton about his game beyond what I've seen on YouTube. So that doesn't put me in a position where I feel confident talking about what he can or can't do, or who he is, his history, those sorts of things. But it is a two-way deal. We talked about this roster already having a you know a gluttony of guards, wings, whatever it may be. I can't see any possible way that he plays for the big team at all, um, particularly if they do some, sign someone like JFL as an example, in addition to Io and everyone else that they've brought, they've brought through. So where this is surprising to me is the fact that it's a two-way deal. Where, where I would have had a hot, a hot take will would have been had they signed him for a guaranteed deal, like had he gone got one of the last uh, remaining spots and you would have you been using uh, that on a completely untested guy. I think that would have maybe elicited a different response for me, but because it is a two-way deal and because I don't know, know anything about him, it's like, okay, cool. I, I, I have no hot sweeping takes here. Let's, 
I'm fine with it, I guess. And if he wants to come over from Europe and play on a two-way deal, which that to me is surprising because generally you don't see a lot of European players do that when they do make the league from you know, a Euro Cup or a Euro League team or whatever it may be. Um, they generally sign a two, three-year deal on decent money, money that pays them more than what they would have you know, received in Europe. We've, we've seen that already in this offseason with the Kings and uh, OKC off the top of my head, at least, bringing over players from Europe. There may be uh, a couple other teams that have done something similar too, but the fact that he's come over on a two-way deal, there's not a lot of investment here from the Bulls side of things. Uh, yeah, sure, I guess. Let's do it. <laughs> Welcome to Bitium. I don't know much about you, mate, but I'm prepared to learn. Yeah. Uh, Eco Bean, obviously a huge fan here. He's saying that he can't wait to watch him play, that he might turn out to be the best free agent signing of the summer, and that 18 points per game in the early is like 25 points per game in the NBA. I'm not sure I know that to be true or agree with that yeah. or know what to make of that at all. Uh, but if that's true, that's then true. he's going to be sick. And then the Bulls just had the greatest free agent signing in the history of their team. Um, yeah, so... I don't know. I mean, it's just hard for me to have much more of a take than that. I just don't know much about this guy and I'm super curious to see him play. Um, it's, it's maybe a little disappointing that we didn't get to see him with the summer league team. I thought that could have been an opportunity to get to know him and to see what he can do at that level. But uh, like I said, the Euro cup has legit NBA talent in it. Um, maybe not the highest end, like Sam Decker, Jerry and Grant was named to the Euro cup MVP. There are NBA players in there. It's not like they're, you know, the the best players in the world, but I think it's like definitely considered to be one of the higher end, higher competition leagues uh, in the rest of the world. And I think that says something for you to be able to put up those kind of numbers. So um, should we move on to maybe some other rumors and uh, things that have maybe scratched your level of curiosity uh, over the past couple of days? Or do you want to keep going on bitten Bitum, a guy that we know nothing about. <laughs> my uh, my last Bitum thoughts is less about Bitum, but who do you think will um? Uh, I, again, this is me coming back to thinking about how pe- how fans are going to be mad about Billy Donovan. I'm, this is where my mind always goes. So, who who do you think is going to draw more more anger out of the fan base? Is it Billy for not playing JFL, Bitum, Dale and Terry, or Julian Phillips? Which which one of those four do you think is going to uh, yeah, draw the most anger or angst amongst fan bases, or amongst the fan bases to their frustration, despite having a good solid man rotation, the bitum isn't playing minutes or Julian Phillips not playing minutes. Who do you think has more scope to piss off the fan base in a sense? I would say it's going to be Javon Freeman Liberty, right? Like he was dominant in summer league. So that means he's going to come in and be dominant at the NBA level. I, fans are probably already over Dale and Terry. I think just from having like five bad games in summer league, um, but you know, they're just going to find something that Billy does to, to complain about regardless. So whoever it is, I'm sure it will not be warranted fully. Um, well, the, the point is Billy is perfect and he will have a perfect rotation. So let's talk about that perfect rotation. William, um, you asked me my thoughts. Did, did you ask me my thoughts? You asked me to scratch some curiosity I had. And generally when I'm scratching things, it's not my curiosity, <laughs> but nonetheless, when it is my curiosity <laughs> that I am scratching in relation to the bulls rotation, <laughs> I think we sort of alluded to it before. Like your backup center is drum and you got Vooch starting. I'm very intrigued as to who will be signing a power forward. I think people were surprised when you mentioned Caruso the other day, but I don't know why they should be because he I started a power forward like in the last yeah. 30 games of the season and was really good there <laughs> and was a huge reason why the Bulls had their, you know, infamous 14 to nine finish to the season. Yeah, exactly. So I completely agree with you that he still has a real shot at starting at four, and we know Patrick Williams is more than happy on occasions to allow others to go past him. So I'm not wedded to this idea that Pat will be starting or reclaim his starting spot. And you've also got Tory Craig there as well. So I do think the rotation is pretty set and is much better than what it was last season. So if we want to give AK some credit, I suppose, um, which I'm reluctant to do, but if we want to do that, if you you want to twist my arm, um, I'm prepared to give him some credit in from that point of view that the rotation is definitely better than what it was last season. I think Billy does now have a good, legitimate 10-man rotation, guys that he does trust, guys that he's familiar with, and those that maybe he's not familiar with. A defense-first guys like Carter and Craig who can sort of step into the rotation, do their thing, and 
will will earn his trust pretty much instantly if they haven't already. So I, I think that is a good thing from that standpoint. I think the, the fact that the Bulls now have a good solid 10-man rotation. I've always said this, that whilst I never thought the scope of this team was anything beyond the second round, I do. Th- I, I my, my issue with the whole thing was that I didn't feel like AK did enough to really make that ceiling, assuming that ceiling of second round being true. I, I never thought he did enough to really justify that chance to get to that point, certainly last season. Whereas now, now assuming health, assuming growth, those sorts of things, given that there is a good solid 10-man rotation here and assuming health and assuming things go well and no trades and it doesn't fall off the cliff, those sorts of things, I think there is scope for here. And maybe this is me being a little too seed red now. Uh, I'm trying to unwheel myself and walk it back a little bit. But I do think there's scope here for the Bulls to be or to replicate a similar season to what the Knicks did last season. I'm not suggesting they're going to finish fifth. I'm not suggesting that they will go through to the second round, anything like that. But I think on the high side, in terms of if you want to be C-red about it, as I know you have been, William C-red, Will, of late, I think there is some chance now that you have filled out the roster the way you have that you can put together a pretty good and decent season. And if things break right, if the heat don't get Lillard, if the, if whatever's happening in Philadelphia so it continues to break apart, then there is scope for this team to be, you know, a five or a six seed. Uh, assuming those things happen, then, you know, that they get their own shit together. So um, I do like the rotation. I'm more comfortable with, with the rotation as to where it sits now versus say, a month ago. So, AK, I guess I'll give you that uh, belated credit. Yeah. Uh, that was that was one of the things I wanted to sort of circle up about because um, I think a lot of the criticism about AK, and, you know, we don't need to spend too much time on this, but a lot of it was, like, on the lack of moves made over the last three transaction periods. But I'm curious to know, like, if – is it possible for him to have re-ingratiated himself to the fans or was missing out on those three times to make moves and basically wasting the last year and a half? Is that too, like, is it too far gone now? Um, I think you kind of just have to live in the moment with these things. Um, I think it was really bad, like really bad not to do anything. And I think, you know, it's always easy to say like, well, what could he have done? The answer is there's always something. And you see that every single day from every other team. Um, There's always something. I think it's like way more rare than not to not do anything. Um, So I do think he's done a really good job this summer. I continue to say that and give him credit where credit is due. I don't think that changes the past. I think it puts them in a situation where you're just running it back with older guys now and you're reinvesting in this group longer term. Um, I've been saying it for a while that like, this is, this is what it is. Like I, I get it, but now you're talking about doing the same thing next year and the year after that. I think that's where things get dangerous. Um, but I do think this, this group makes the, the additions make this group a lot better. So we got a super chat here from Sam Martin and he's saying, what's your idea of lineups that you would like to see? Like, I would just like to see what I project the starting lineup to be. Javon Carter, Zach, Damar, Troy Craig, and Vooch. Because I think that the shooting and the defense can make those three guys play so much better. And one of the main criticisms was that they were playing below the sum of their parts. I think these guys help them play at or above the sum of their parts. Um, And I think that AK deserves a lot of credit for that. So that's a lineup that I feel really good about. It's a lineup that um, I think you really have to give AK credit for, even though like there was still this long period of time where I think not doing anything cost them that, that window of a year and a half. Um, But I also think that that bleeds into the future. And I don't think we've necessarily seen the repercussions of that yet. I think we will, but uh, all that to say, I do think that this group is much better now. And for me, Rob, that uh, sorry, for me, Sam, that lineup, that starting lineup is really interesting. Is there a lineup you want to see Mark? I think the nerd answer is to say, oh yeah, I want to see the you know Pat at, at five or Tory Craig at five with Pat at four, something like that. Go small, see what that looks like. But I think in reality, that's not really a lineup that's feasible, given that Pat hasn't really shown to be a you know a tenacious rebounder, and in that particular lineup, he could be owned on the glass. So I don't think that's feasible, um, even if it sounds cool. But 
I, I like defense first lineups. I, I want to see Carter and Caruso on the court being absolute dogs together. That would be interesting. If Pat could scale up to the five, I don't have much faith in that. But if that could be something that could happen, then him at the five with Caruso and Carter around Levine and DeRozan, like that would be fun. Um, but be really like fun. I said, it, it's it's contingent on on Pat's ability to one protect the ring, switch onto onto certain players, guard up a size depending on the the the, rot- the the rotation the other team is using or the lineup the other team is using. But if I had more faith in him playing the five, then that would be a cool lineup. But if that can't happen, then then put Vooch in with instead of uh, Pat. And I just want to see what Caruso and Carter can do. I mean, we've gotten we've gotten a sense of what that lineup can look like anyway with Monzo in years past. Um, obviously, last season with Beverly, I'm assuming Carter will be a, a supercharged version of of Patrick Beverly at this point with the, his ability to do his thing at the point of attack and be a volume three-point shooter. So I, I just want to see those two guys just absolutely wrecking point of attack. And um, I certainly won't be suggesting uh, the Bulls changing up their defensive scheme and moving away from drop defenses or anything like that. And the reason why you don't need to do that despite other people maybe suggesting the Bulls need to do that, is because you have such good point of attack defense. And again, like that's why the IO, def- uh, the IO signing kind of makes sense as well. Like You need these point of attack defenders because you don't necessarily have it in Levine and DeRozan. And you know guys like Drummond and Vooch are scheme limited. So you do need that point of attack defense. Having more of it than not is a good thing. So uh, I just want to see Caruso and... Uh, and, and and Io, but Caruso and Carter just absolutely destroy opposing uh, backcourts. That that'll be that'll be tremendous content. That's a great one. Um, I think that will be maybe the Bulls' best lineup, just because I know their best lineup is going to have Caruso in it. Um, and then that last spot is kind of up for grabs. Whether you have Caruso at the one and Craig or Pat in there, or whether you have Caruso at the four and you have Javon Carter in there, I think any variation of that will be really good. Um, if it were up to Eco Bean, I think he would just want to see five bit teams out there. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is not possible. So, uh, sorry, sorry to hear that. But maybe he's the new five Javantes, five Nawabas out there. Um, I, I will give Eco Bean ten dollars, ten Australian dollars, which is the equivalent of like six dollars fifty in US. Assuming Eco Bean is in the US, I will give Eco Bean ten Australian dollars if we see the lineup of bit team out there with Zach Demar, Vooch, and Peebles. That, that's my uh, commitment to you, Ecobean. I feel confident about that bet, but let's let's make that bet here and now. I'll give you 10 bucks because I'm rolling in money. That's how much I'm prepared to give you on that one. Love it. Um, well, the Bulls still do have one roster spot to fill, uh, maybe more depending on Carleek, uh, which we touched on earlier. But there have been some rumors. Uh, we got something about Grant Williams being uh, a Bulls target. Obviously, he already signed with the Mavs. Uh, we've gotten some Christian Wood tidbits over the last couple of days from Dan Wakey and uh, there was one more that I'm now blanking on um, Rudy Gay this morning when he mm. was released from whatever team he had been shipped off to uh, he was connected to the Bulls there was also some Zach Levine uh, non-drama that came out the other day from Fred Katz at The Athletic uh, we will get into all of that and more uh, but first can we uh, can we tell our friends about Shady Rays I can, I can, and it's particularly over for our friends in the Northern Hemisphere. It's, the, it's summer season, the sun is out, you want to protect your skin, you want to protect your eyes, and uh, for the latter, our friends at Shady Rays most certainly can help you out. So they have the gear that is built to last, the gear that will help you take on the sun. So our friends, friends, our friends, friends at Shady Rays. Have you covered for the warm weather ahead with their premium polarized shades at an affordable price? That is the best thing about Shady Rays, friends. You, like, you're getting these beautiful looking sunglasses. You don't have to pay ridiculous absorbent prices like you do for those designer glasses that are no better in no single way. They're more likely to break. They're not good. Those things are not good. You're going to pay 10 times more, uh, in, ten times more uh, in terms of your dollars for your shady, uh, sorry, your, your designer glasses. Shady Rays are sitting over here. They're giving you quality product, a durable product for a significantly more affordable price, all while all whilst offering the most insane protection in all of eyewear. So if you want to get just fantastic pair of sunnies that are affordable, look good, but most of all have uh, the lost and broken uh, replacement policy, then why would you not shop at Shady Rays? Like, I mean, why would you go to any of these expensive, ridiculous, 
designer brands when Shady Rays are sitting here waiting for us all to bask in their glory. So, friends, if you want to, uh, you know, take my word for it, take William's word for it, Stephen, our producer, or why don't you take the word of 250 odd thousand people who have given Shady Rays a five star review online? So, if you want to listen to all of us, all 250,003 of us, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe. I guess it's 250,006 when you include Matt and Big Dave and Baby Joey as well. So all 250,006 of us are suggesting that you head online to shadyrays.com, rather, use promo code CHGO. And when you do, you will receive 50% off two pairs of polarized sunglasses. So try try them out for yourself. As I said, five-star reviews by over 250,006 people. Um, Thank me later once you've... uh, once those sunnies arrive and you're wearing them, they're cool, they're durable, and you've saved a lot of doth. Come and thank me later, friends. And when you've got your sunglasses on and you're feeling fresh and you're looking good, make sure you go and check out FOCO, where you can get fitted out in the best sports gear for all your favorite Chicago sports teams. They've got hoodies, they've got shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. It's baseball season, it's summer, they've got Aloha shirts for the Cubs and Sox, they've got straw hats, polos, bags, everything that you need for a baseball game or for just hanging out on a boat like Matt Peck, taking videos of himself uh, with the shirt off, giving his take on Iowa Sumu. Check that out on Twitter because it was very funny. Um, and they also hooked us up with a bunch of set decorations, which is awesome. So we really appreciate FOCO. Uh, grab some stuff from the FOCO.com website, or you can click the link in the description below. And for all non-presale items, you can use promo code CHGO for 10% off. So great discount there for awesome gear for your favorite Chicago sports teams and an awesome company that we love to work with. Um, let's talk rumors, Mark. What? Where should we start? Any uh, oh, Any super hot, spicy Mark takes that you just have to get off your chest right away about Christian Wood or Rudy Gay or <laughs> Javon Freeman Liberty or Zach Levine? Well, I've already gotten off my Christian Wood take. I think I put it on Twitter the other week that if the Bulls sign Christian Wood and that signing puts them into the tax, I will. I think I said I would eat my hand, something to that <laughs> to, to that nature, something stupid like that. So um, I've put that out there in the public. And I did so because I'm extremely confident that Christian Wood will not be a Chicago Bull um, for a, a host of reasons. Uh, yeah, for a number of reasons, I just don't see that happening the whole Christian Wood thing has, was drummed up for two reasons. One, because it was mentioned in the LA Times, and two, we're in the uh, the dog days of free agency. Damian Lillard and James Harden has helped, like those scenarios have held up everything. So there's literally nothing happening beyond today, which I'm again very thankful for that the Bulls decided to sign Bitium and uh, and I today. They gave us something to talk about. But had that not happened, we're talking. There's literally nothing happening in the NBA landscape. So from that standpoint, that's why Christian Wood became a thing, I guess, because of the Bulls being granted their DPE. Not that they can even use the full DPE at this point because they're hard capped, so they can't even use the full $10.2 million. Um, the point is, Christian Wood is not going to be a Chicago Bull. It never seemed likely. Will people be clipping this um, and going back and you know featuring that tweet where I've professed to eat my hand should it happen? Then yes, they absolutely will be doing that because people are heathens and they want to, make, they want to see people suffer, I suppose. But at the same time, I have put it out there. So it is my fault, ultimately. I will take ownership of that should it happen, but I'm pretty confident it won't, William. So that's my sweeping takes on Christian Wood. Uh, the Zach stuff per Fred Katz, nothing really groundbreaking in there, but I guess we have to sort of mention it because it's a thing that was said that someone reported, which, okay, I guess. And then what was the last one? The Rudy Gay piece? That ain't, oh, that ain't happening, is it? Surely, surely not. Um. Yeah, I think I'm in agreement for... Uh, <laughs> what, you're going to eat your hand too? For something new and different. I will not be eating my hand, nor will okay. I say that I'm going to eat my hand. Um, to me, and I don't think the bull sign Christian would, to me, like the bigger thing, the bigger take that I have about this is like, Christian Wood's been available for the entirety of free agency. A lot of teams have $12 million of a mid-level exception that they could have offered him, but nobody's done it. Um, he... I don't want to like speak to his character. Cause I just, I don't know the guy at all. Like I just, I don't feel comfortable saying any one direction or another that like something about who he is as a person or a player is like hard to work with. Like, I just, I don't know that um, he's put up some big numbers. He can shoot it at a high level. 
Um, he's a he's a stats guy, and I think he'd be a fine player to add. But this idea that like the Bulls need to throw all ten point two million dollars of the disabled player exception at him is just kind of insane when there is just zero market for him out there. Um, all summer long, we have been talking about this. Fans have been talking about this. Twitter has been talking about this. Like we cannot overpay Vooch by one cent. Like we need to be, you know, as firm as possible on a deal because there's no market for him. So why would we give him anything more than what the next best team could offer him? Why would we give Kobe White anything more than, um, you know, whatever dollar amount you you value at him at? Uh, why why should they give Io one dollar more than the qualifying offer? Well, why would then? this argument that you should give $10.2 million to Christian would be a thing. If all you've done is talk about how you shouldn't overpay guys and there's no market for this guy. So why would you overpay him by like $9 million? I just don't really get it. I mean, I would be fine with bringing him in. Maybe there's a sign and trade you could work out where, you know, you do pay $10 million for him. Uh, and that, that opens up the door for you to be able to sign him longer term. If it works out, um, if you want to use that as an opportunity to get into the tax and really bring in some more depth. Fine. I just like the idea that you need to pay him that much is just kind of crazy to me. I think he'd be a fine player. I think he's a good addition. Um, but like the fact that he just has no market out there and now we're talking about giving him $10 million is like, what are we doing here? He could be good. He could be helpful. He's probably like a different look at the five at the very least than Drummond off the bench. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, how is how is he worth that much money when nobody else seems to think he's worth that much money? So it's less about like yeah. him as a player and more about like what are we paying him for? Yeah, he's definitely not getting the full DPA for a number of reasons. As I said just simply because they're hard caps, so they can't even offer the full DPA to him well, or to anyone. Traded, if they traded Drummond in a sign and trade, for example, they sent Drummond to the Mavs, that would open up. I think right now they're like $7.2 million below. If they put Drummond's 3.3 or three, I think it's 3.3 into that, then they'd be right at like 10.5. So they could give him the full DPE in that sense, but it's only a one year deal. Um, but and, I'm not, yeah, not even I, sure that trade would work from a uh, salary matching point of view anyway. So are, are you saying you trade, you're not, you're not saying a sign and trade of Drummond to uh, Dallas to what's the name? for Christian Wood is that you wouldn't be is that that's not what you're saying you're saying two separate transactions but irrespective like regardless the point is he's not coming to the Chicago and he's certainly not coming for a number that's so tremendously over the minimum which is all he's really receiving elsewhere to your point like the Heat are offering him a minimum the Lakers are offering him a minimum why would the Bulls offer him a large percentage of the DPE they wouldn't they're not going to use the DPE friends I I I I think there's no chance that they do so. Uh, but it, they don't even need to do that. They still have, um, you know, dollars. They still got $6 million on the mid-level exception to use, uh, which they probably won't. They've also got the biannual exception as well, which again is a greater amount than the vet minimum. So this whole idea that Christian Wood maybe, or the balls are a threat for Christian Wood because of the DPE. No, they're a threat to Christian Wood if they're a threat at all because they have additional assets like the mid-level exception, like the biannual exception, which any reasonable and half-decent uh, general manager would be using first rather than using the entire DPE on someone like Christian Wood. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's not going to happen anyway. So we're, we're talking around something that's most likely not going to happen. And should it happen, I'll be eating my hand live on YouTube. So um, I'm hoping it doesn't happen. I'm I need hoping my hand. it doesn't happen for that reason to too. Scratch that my curiosity. <laughs> How can I scratch my curiosity, William, if I ate my hands? I can't. I think that's a perfect note to end our show on today. I know <laughs> we're only at 58 minutes here, but um, yeah, the idea of you scratching your curiosity without a hand, I think just that's that's it. So um, I'm going to call it there. Give us a like on the way out. Shout out to Boo. With your hands. Give us a like. Give us a like with the hand that you still have until Mark eats it on live TV. Um, hit the like on the way out. We appreciate all of you so much for joining us and asking questions and uh, talking shit about Mark's accent or something. I don't remember what that comment said. Um, oh, really? I didn't see that one. <laughs> uh, maybe I've just made that up. But anyway, uh, thank you to our Probably. to our what. 
No, it's probably someone talking some nonsense about me. That's generally the case. But nonetheless, nonetheless, William, again, fun. thank you guys for listening. It's always fun chatting uh, on these HQ Fridays, Mark. Um, shout out to Steven, our producer, and make sure to follow Mark on Twitter at MK Hoops. Follow me on Twitter at Will underscore Gottlieb. And follow us on Twitter at CHGO underscore Bulls. Uh, we will be back next week with a fresh episode with Matt and Dave. Uh, And then we've got some fun stuff planned for next week as well. So be sure to tune in. And until then, we will talk to you next time. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.